Good morning, church. Hope you're doing great. I want to give a shout out to everybody that came out this past Friday. Um, Al Salam Park, uh, Catholic Charities, uh, Lala Chavez, uh, the city of Lubbock. I'm trying to think who else was there. A mayor group was out there. It was a great time. And we're going to do it again. Okay, with a whole different group of people. National Night Out. This Tuesday, we're going to be at the Maggie Trejo Center from 7 to 9. Again, we're going to have food. We're going to have uh, school supplies, backpacks, music. There's going to be another movie in the park. We're going to be having Raya the Last Dragon. Starts at 7, and then it ends until the movie goes off, uh, which ends at the evening. But it's free to the public, so come on out and join us. We're going to be at Rogers Park at the Maggie Trejo Center. Uh, but I'm excited. I'm ready for today's message. And before we jump in there, man, always, if you got prayer requests or anything that you need help with, always let us know. ABU, we're here for you. We all family. But today's message is called Living Well. We all desire to have a life that's well-lived and enjoyable. And how we get that depends on what we know, who we know, and what we do, right? And the world gives us a blueprint that often looks good. It's like, man, that, that sounds like a good plan. Uh, but when you spend time with God, he'll often reveal that not everything is always what it seems. And I feel like that's going to be the case here today with just the things that he's spoken to me. So we're going to be reading in John chapter four. We're going to be picking up kind of the middle of where John, I mean, where Jesus has met with the Samaritan woman at the well. And I'm excited because there's a lot of good things in this. But let me pray. And we'll get into it. So, Father, I just thank you for the opportunities uh, to be your hands and feet, um, but also to to receive your blessings. Uh, so many times we try to go and help other people, but often we get blessed in the process of just getting to experience you in new ways, Lord. And so we just pray that this school year that you would just continue to bless those who need it. Uh, and bless those looking to follow your lead, Lord. And I just pray you would bless us right now and just speak to us through your word. And so, Holy Spirit, man, allow us to cut out every distraction in our life, in our in our thoughts, and allow us to focus on you and your voice. And so, just have your way this morning. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 4, we're going to be in verses 10 through 24. So, it's kind of a long chunk Um but it's all a lot of good stuff. So let's jump right in. It said, Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you're speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Go get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. For you had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You sp certainly spoke in the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship? Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, 
The time is coming where it no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes from the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is the one looking for those who worship him that way, for God is the Spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Mm. So there's a lot going on, right? Jesus meets this woman at the well. And back in those days, the Samaritans and Jews, they really didn't get along. So the Jews often went, didn't even pass through any place that they knew the Samaritans would be. So for all this to happen, man, it, it really has a bunch of significant meanings. Um, but the first thing that I really feel like, man, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me today is that we think we are in the know. We think we are in the know. Happens a lot, right? I know what's going on. Like, you can't tell me something that I already know. Verse 10, what did Jesus say? Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. See, a lot of us spend our lives believing that we're in the know, that we already know what's up. I know who God is. I know who Jesus is. But do you really? Do you really know the gifts that God has for you in this life? Do you know that you can go to Jesus with your problems, with your needs, with your questions? Have you ever been talking to somebody and you just had a real good conversation and they left and then somebody else told you like, man, do you know who you just talked to? And then you come to find out like it's really an important person, way more than what you realize. I think we tend to treat Jesus the same way um, because a lot of times he's just real humble with us. And we, we kind of forget exactly who we're talking to and who he is um, just because the way that he presents himself. But if we really understand who God is, if we really understand who Jesus is, then we understand the significance of it. And we understand that there's nobody that we should rather be talking to who's going to be more important and impactful in our life. And having a relationship with them is important and key. And Jesus said, man, if you really knew the very things that you're searching for, that you're looking for, man, I would fulfill them. And then you won't be finding yourself empty, unfulfilled. You won't be thirsty, always feeling like the things that you have aren't enough and that you need more. Jesus said, look, I'm trying to give you something that is alive, meaning that it's not going to die out. It's not going to go away. It's something that's not just going to meet your needs. It's going to exceed them. It's going to be more than what you need. And all you have to do is ask. And here's the key, right? He said, if you ask, I'll give it to you. And he says, look, if you're not asking, if you're not saying anything, well, I think it just shows how much you're actually in the know and how much you actually know me. Mm. Verse 11 and 12, he says, but sir, you don't have a robe or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where are you going to get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? <laughs> it's hard to understand something um, that's different than what you know. That's the honest truth. She wasn't thinking spiritually what Jesus was trying to say to her. She was just thinking, man, you know what? Yeah, that does sound nice. It would be cool not to have to come to this well and have to throw this rope and get the bucket and take the water back home. That that sounds cool, but it doesn't make sense. I don't know how you're going to make that work. Like, where is the water going to come from? Or, or how is it better than what I already have? 
Mm. That sound familiar? She was like, you know, what I already have has been meeting my needs. What I already have has not only met my needs, but it's done the same for those that came before me. What I already have, I don't have to question where I would get it or where I would come from. What I already have gets the job done. Mm. Does that sound familiar? Can you relate to her? I think like the Samaritan woman, we often think that we're in the know. And what we already have, uh, man, is enough, right? What we lack, we could find it in people. We could find it in material things. Or we could find it by physically consuming things. You know, this is how I've seen other people that I know uh, deal with the same situation that I'm having. It worked for them. And I know it's going to work for me. That Jesus stuff, that God stuff. Oh, man, it sounds okay, but I, it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand how it's going to work. This, I already have. I already know how it works. Hmm. Just like our bodies need food, spiritually, what we need can't be found in anything else but Jesus. And until we understand that, until we go to him, nothing will ever stop the thirst and have us always feeling like we need more. It will never be fulfilling. So we may think that we're in the know in this life. But unless God is the one that's keeping us in the know. We're always going to be in the outside. And we're always going to be searching. And never truly finding what we're in need of. And Jesus wants you to be in the know. So you don't lose out. So not only do you get the good things that God has for you in this life but even more than what you could imagine. The second thing that we see from this passage is Jesus keeps it real so you will know it's real. Okay? Jesus keeps it real so you will know it's real. Verses 13 and 14, he says, Jesus replied, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again, but those who drink water that I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Mm. Jesus knew that she didn't get what she was trying to say to him. She was like, man, you know what? It's a spiritual thing that you're lacking, and that's only going to come from me. And she wasn't understanding that. She wasn't grasping it. It was going over her head, even after he explained it to her again. But she did start to come to a realization like, okay, I know what I have isn't enough. And I'm in need of something more. You see, we all have to come to a point that we have that same understanding. That what we have isn't enough. And if we keep going to the world and drinking from its cup, we're always going to find ourselves thirsty. We're never going to be fully fulfilled. We're always going to need more. We're always going to be, man, doing whatever it takes to recapture that feeling of being satisfied. And then when it goes away, we're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again, and we're going to do it again. It's going to be a journey that has no good ending for us. Mm. That's the truth, church. I never thought what God had for me was going to be something that I couldn't get anything else, anywhere else. I spent a majority of my life always thinking, you know what? Anything I need, I can go and get for myself. I don't need God to go and help me with anything. And after a while of always going to the same things, I felt like, you know what? This is just is what it is. This probably doesn't get any better than this. I didn't understand what I lacked was a spiritual thing 
that could only be found in Jesus. It couldn't be found in the things that I was looking for. It couldn't be found in drugs. It couldn't be found in money. It couldn't be found in people and women and material things. Those things were never going to be enough because the thing that I was missing, I could only get from the one who created me. And Jesus said, look, man, I want to fulfill you from within. Something you can't get somewhere else. Only I can supply you with this. And what I give to you is going to refresh your life. And it's going to be eternal. It's never going to go away. It's going to go beyond this life here on earth. That's so good. And that's just a small part of the goodness that God has for us in this life. That's part of the, of the gift uh, that he has, but also of comes with the understanding of who he is. And growing and learning and having a relationship with him. And thankfully, the same way that Jesus is with the Samaritan woman, man, God is the same way with us. He is patient. He is uh, kind, right? He's loving. He's truthful. And he never gives up on us too. Verse 16 and 18, it says, Go, get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, You're right. You don't have a husband. For you've, been having, you've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. <laughs> man, Jesus goes all the way there, right? It's like, dang, Jesus, you had to do all that? Well, the more time you spend with Jesus, you'll quickly learn that it will become personal. And that's not a bad thing, because he will talk to you and he will reveal things to you that it's going to surprise you. But it's also going to let you know how real he is and how truthful that he is, that what he's saying is real. And I know we've all had things in our past that we've done that we're ashamed of, that we probably don't want other people to know. Um, but don't let your past keep you from a present and a future with Jesus. He knows your history. He understands who you are, where you come from, what you've done in this life, what you will do in this life. And the beautiful thing is he still comes to you. He's still seeking to spend time with you, to talk to you, to have a conversation with you. So you understand who he is, how much that he truly loves you, and what your life could be like with him. We spend our whole lives searching for what we believe is best and what we believe we're in need of. And the crazy thing that I love is the best thing that we can actually have in this life. We don't have to search for it. It comes to us. It comes seeking to have a relationship with us that's personal, that's intimate, that's transformational. Mm, that's a beautiful thing. Jesus is always going to be honest with you and tell you what you need to hear. And sometimes you're not going to want to hear it. Sometimes you're not going to understand it. But as we grow with him, we can't deny that what he says is true and the way that he loves us is personal. So Jesus is going to keep it real so we can know it's real. And the third thing we see from this passage is we choose our response. That's big. We choose our response. It's up to us on what we do, what's been given to us. The next verse, 19 and 20, it says, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me this. Why is it you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is on Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship? I think like the Samaritan woman, I, man, I, we just relate to her so well because there's the way that she responds, the way she acts. That's us all day, if we're being honest. And part of this, just like right now, it's, it's hard to believe something when it seems too good to be true because the world has told us, hey, if it seems too good to be true, it's because it is. It's not real. 
is going to lead to disappointment, failure, and heartache. Uh, it's always going to be around the corner waiting to get you. So you need to fend for yourself. You need to put yourself first. You need to be mindful of this. And then when we have this mindset, we have this attitude, then we begin to have a relationship with Jesus and we still have that same place where we're like, okay, Jesus, well, how are you going to fail me? How are you going to mislead me? So we're looking for lies and we're looking and we're questioning instead of fully trusting him and just giving him our all. And how does she do? Even after he explained it, he told her, he showed us how real it was. He got personal with her. She started bringing up other stuff, trying to change the subject, right? She's like, well, what about these other people? All right. She brought up the Jews, the other believers who were supposed to be representing God. And then, like I said, in that time period, man, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. The Jews actually would go around the town. They would do everything they could to not be in contact with the Samaritans. And they would even like discredit what the Samaritans did when it came to worshiping God. And maybe you've had an encounter with people who are supposed to represent God and they treat you the same kind of way with judgment and disgust. Made you question God and question you know, what's the point of even being a Christian if I'm going to turn into a person like that? Well, don't let people keep you from receiving what only Jesus has for you. Man, don't let people rob you of that. Don't let yourself rob you of that yourself, okay? Jesus isn't them. And with his help, we don't have to turn out to be like them either, okay? We choose our response. It's up to us. Verse 21 and 23 says, Jesus replied, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And the Father is looking for those who will worship him this way. Hmm. We live in a time where we can look back at all that Jesus has done. And we can examine his life and we can look at it and see how he's still doing the same things that he said he was doing today. He's still at work. His word is still alive. He's still faithful. And back then, they were just doing what had been shown to them and what they knew. And not everyone always agreed they were doing it correctly. And so he created all this confusion about what was the right way to do it. And Jesus said, look, man, you know, back then there was a reason that things were done a certain way. It had a purpose. But it's a new day. And so it should never be more important than how we worship God moving forward and how we do it now because the time has come now. And the same thing is still happening today where believers will try to justify their traditions and their opinions. Oh, you know, this is the best way to be a Christian. Oh, you need to be doing it this way and that way. And you say like, hey man, like, stop. Don't get tripped up by how others are living, how they represent Him, or even try to tell you how to live with God. We're flawed people. And we make issues out of things that are irrelevant, that really don't even matter. And what matters is what we choose to do with what Jesus shows us and what He teaches us. That's what matters. Because for all believers, for everybody that says that they follow Jesus, the same truth is going to be applied. Man, that God is watching us and He's seeing how we're coming at Him. And Jesus is saying, look, man, I want to help you come correct. I want you to understand what matters most so you can live in true worship to God and the way that he wants you to. Verse 24 says, for God is the spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Mm. For God is the spirit. So they must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
It isn't optional. It's a must. We can't pick and choose what we feel is the best way. Because what do we talk about when we're thinking that we're in the know, when we know what's best? We all oh, know what to do. It gets us in trouble. Right. It's always going to keep us um, getting from getting to know God in a deeper way, but also doing the things that he's even showing us and asking us. And Jesus said, look, man, I'm going to give you the follow plan, the blueprint. It's up to you to follow it. And not only is it up to you, but I'm actually going to help you follow it so you can do the things that I show you, that I teach you. And when you apply what's being taught to you, uh, when you are living in this truth, when you are following his Holy Spirit, and you align your spirit with his, man, you're doing those things. You're going to be worshiping God naturally with your life. Because worship is more than singing a song. It's more than obtaining information and just memorizing verses. Man, worship is so much more than that. Worship is living a life that displays and it expresses your love back to God. And in the process of doing that, it impacts the world around us and it allows us to be an extension to others too. So we choose our response. And it's good to have brothers and sisters that are there to, to lock arms and to help us in this faith. But what did Jesus say? He says, at the end of the day, man, what matters the most is what you choose to do to the things that I've shown you, that I've taught you. Forget what the people said, man. If I said to do this, then you need to follow that and do that. And when you do that and you follow my leading, now you are living in true worship. Because it's up to us to live in true worship. And it's up to us to return the love that he gives to us daily. Mm. So my challenge for all of us this week, live in worship. Live in worship. Well, how do we do that? Well, we just talked about how we need to get in the know. We think we're in the know, but we need to make sure that we're actually in the know. And the only way that to do that is by first having a relationship with Jesus and then starting that walk with Jesus where we're learning who God is and what he has for us and spending time with him. That's how we begin to get in the know. And as we do, Jesus is going to get personal, but he's always going to keep it real. And he's going to help us see the truth of the situation to allow us, um, man, to receive his teaching, but also apply his teaching and live in truth. Right. And then what do we do? We talked about how we got to choose our response, how we respond to all these things. Even when people are misrepresenting them, when we're not being treated fairly, we still have a choice on how we respond and we're called to respond in the way that Jesus teaches us and the way that he's shown us, right? We got to live in truth, remember? We got to live by the Spirit and in truth. So we got to do both things. So we got to be following the Holy Spirit's leading. That's got to be part of our response that we choose. And we got to be responding and choosing, uh, man, to apply the things that he's shown us so we're living in truth. So that's how we live in worship. And that's my challenge for all of us this week. And that's our my challenge for us going forward for the rest of our lives, right? Because I always talk about, you know, this week, at least start this. But really, these are things that are daily goals. They are daily things for us to always be working in. And when we do, man, it just enriches in our life and our experience with God and Jesus in ways that are just mind-blowing. And they're tangible. They're real. And you feel them. And so, church, I pray that this blessed you today. I hope this helps you live in true worship, not just in truth, not just in spirit, but in both. And that you honor God with your life. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you uh, for the opportunities to be in the know with you. Um, to see how real it is. Um, 
the things that you have for us in this life, for just being truthful and faithful to us, Lord, and helping us respond in a way that honors you and knowing that at the end of the day, it's up to us and that you're willing to even step in and help us where uh, we can't always help ourselves. And so, Father, I just pray that my brothers and sisters that may be struggling with this, that today brought some clarity to their situation, um, but they also feel the weight of things being lifted up them. And that they're able to just to spend a great week of naturally just worshiping you with their lives and the way that they're living in all the areas of their life. So we just thank you, Lord. Just help us be with us. And may you get the glory. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. I love y'all. God bless y'all. Remember this Tuesday, Maggie Trejo Center, 7 and 9. All kinds of stuff. Um, next Saturday, vamos a pescar. Buddy Holly Park. Uh, be on the lookout. You can register online if you need to. Starts at 6 a.m. Free fishing for the family. They got food, shirts. It's going to be a great time. But I love y'all. Have a great week. God bless.